I'm George Faust. I'm Karaski Melvin, and this is Inside Cajun Nation. KLFY and the University of Louisiana at Lafayette present Inside Cajun Nation. Sponsored by Dudley DeBoser, official injury lawyers of the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns. Welcome to Inside Cajun Nation. I'm Karaski Melvin. In the second half of the show, sports director George Faust sits down with Cajun women's basketball head coach Gary Broadhead. Before that, Cajun soccer is home again after being beaten last week. But before that, let's talk about Cajun football. Louisiana entered homecoming after losing two straight on the road to Rice and to ULM. They look to snap that streak against South Alabama. No such luck. The Jaguars beat the Cajuns 2017 after a Diego Guardio kick a game winner from 43 yards. Last year, he missed a late field goal in a Louisiana win. This is the first time the Cajuns were walked off since Florida in 2012. Cajuns were down 10 in the fourth when Jack's quarterback Carter Bradley went in for a three-yard score. Louisiana would then get its first points since an error guard gar punch return score when Kenneth Armandaris connected from 51. After a South Alabama three and out, Cajuns would go 17 plays, 84 yards, with Ben Woldridge connecting with Pierce Meagle in the end zone. Woldridge relieved Chandler Fields late in the second quarter and played in the second half. Coach Michael Desermo said Fields was banged up entering into the contest. New Sense Sports Jalen Cavalier has more from Cajun Field. The Cajuns drop its third game in a row this season. A game-winning South Alabama field goal makes it three losses in a row for the Cajuns. Head coach Michael Desimo says the team can win games if they have more consistency. Kind of the same story, you know, you take a handful of plays and you, and you flip them and you turn them and, and you're getting the results that you want. Um, I truly believe that this team has what it takes to be a good football team. We haven't played great so far, you know, and it's it's self-inflicted. It's things that, you know, no one else controls but us. I, I still have 100% faith in our offense, 100% faith in our team. So, you know, to answer that question, is just we have to get back to work. You know, we got to keep chopping, and and we know it'll come. We, we, we we're, the team is still together. We're still one, and, and we have faith in those guys like they have faith in us. And like you know, you just have to keep chopping, and it'll come. I think you play the game to win, right? You don't ever play the game to lose. Um, and definitely it hurts. Every loss hurts, right? But I think it's just adversity in the road. Um, and I think this team, we have great leadership. We have great seniors that are that are the backbone of this team. And I think we're going to bounce back really well. Right now the ball's not bouncing our way, and we're having a lot of things that are going in the opposite direction. Uh, but it's things that we can we can fix a lot of these things and we don't have to wait until the end to try to get one to bounce our way. So we're going to go back to work. That's all we know how to do. That's what we do. Um, it's what we're made on and made of. And I know this team has that in them. So we're going to go back at it. We're going to fix the things we got to fix and we're going to move forward and we're going to go play this next game to win. The Cajuns look to get a W in the win column in their next game on October 12th in a road matchup against Marshall reporting at Cajun Field. Jalen Cavalier, KLFY, News 10 Sports. Thanks, Jalen. Louisiana has a bye week before they play the Thundering Herd. Members of the team say the extended time could be quite beneficial. Uh, we got a bye week coming up at the right time, certainly against a very good Marshall football team that we know that. Uh, but, you know, we, we just got to take the next step. We got to go fight the next fight, and we got to keep, you know, we got to keep fighting, stay in the fight, and we got to keep working. This is a great time for this bye week to happen because we know we have a uh, you know a great task ahead of us and, and like I said you know we, we just have to get back uh, come back in and, and keep chopping until 
you know, we get the product that we want. And like I said, we know it's going to come. Uh, we just have to keep chopping. I think this bye week's kind of coming at a good good time um, to kind of clear our minds, get our bodies back right, um, and kind of go into Marshall, right? Marshall's next. Um, with kind of a, a clear mind and healthy bodies and ready to get back after it. Now on to Cajun soccer. When Louisiana last played, they lost 1-0 to reigning SBC champion South Alabama. This weekend, the Cajuns host a shunt clears of Coastal Carolina. It started pretty early with a scoring two and a half minutes into the game. Megan Bross, a goal there for Coastal Carolina. That is her second. Cajuns would respond with nearly 29 minutes off the clock off the corner kick. Carlene Beedra to Perry Belzer, her first goal of the year. That ties things up at ones. And then 39 minutes on the clock. This is a penalty kick taken by Sarah Allen. She gets it through. That puts Coastal Carolina up to one. Cajuns would equalize it again to make it a 2-2 full-time score. I think uh, Coach Gray has done a phenomenal job of rebuilding our culture here at Louisiana and just getting our fans here and our girls finally understand the support that they have and they feel the city behind them. And so now it's like when we were at Troy, their football team was there, and they walked in right behind us. So it was like, now we're playing against the team. We're playing against the reps, and we're playing against their football team at this point. Like, they were sitting right behind us. So I think for us, it's huge that we can have our home support and have someone there for us to help us be the team that we are. After a couple of games at Troy, Louisiana Volleyball is going to give us a taste of a little bit of home cooking. Now, they recently welcomed Arkansas State for two in Earl K. Long Gym. Thursday's match result was the same as their one in Troy, the last game of 3-0 sweeps. Tied at 25 in the first set, Cammie Hicks would get a kill, which would secure the set point, and then Emery Judkins would get the block to win set one. Then in the second set, 25-24 Louisiana, Rika Coderman would dig, Kelsey Bennett would go in for the kill for the set to win. Third set closes out with back-to-back -back service aces for the win there. Game two on Friday, another Cajun win. Took four sets this time. Louisiana dropped the first set, but then scored the last 12 points of the second set. He'll help capture the set for the Cajuns with a couple of kills. Louisiana up two sets to one in the fourth. Louisiana picks up four points in a row, then ended the match winning 25-16 in the fourth set. Cajuns host Texas State October 7th and 8th. We have much more Inside Cajun Nation on the way. Coming up, we'll tell you about the softball's fall schedule. This portion of Cajun Nation is brought to you by Lafayette Coca-Cola Bottling. Welcome back. If you're in the mood for some Raging Cajun softball, I've got some good news for you. You'll have four chances to see them this month. The best part? Free admission for all the games in this fall schedule. On October the 8th, Louisiana will have an interscholite scrimmage at 12.30. The next afternoon, the team will face McNeese at 1. October 14th, Northwestern State comes to Lampton, a 6 p.m. first pitch. And the fall schedule ends Sunday, next Sunday, two weeks from now, 2 p.m. against LSU Eunice, October 30th, actually. College hoops on the horizon. We'll go through the upcoming non-conference schedules for the men and women in a moment. But before that, Sunbelt Basketball Media Days. The women will take part on Tuesday, October 18th. The men, Wednesday, October 19th in New Orleans. It's the first in-person media days since the 2012-2013 season. Now, 
about those non-conference schedules. We'll start with the men who reached the SBC championship game last year. The Cajuns feature home dates against Louisiana Tech and Samford, a first-round matchup against Harvard in the Asheville Championship, and road games against Texas, SMU, and Drake. Louisiana will play five of its 14 scheduled home games against non-conference opponents, beginning with a season opener on November 7th against Centenary College. Now, as for the women, their non-conference schedule starts with a season opening home game against Houston, a home date against Big 12 opponent Texas Tech in the preseason WNIT, plus dates at Texas and Auburn. Louisiana, which will host Spring Hill College in an exhibition game on November 2nd, will play five of its 12 non-conference games, the Cajun Dome, beginning November 7th against Houston before hosting Texas Tech November 20th in the preseason WNIT. The road schedule will begin for Louisiana on November 11th with a date at Texas. And this year, women's home basketball games will be free to attend. And we have more Cajun women's basketball after the break. On the other side of this timeout, Sports Director George Faust sits down with Louisiana head women's basketball coach Gary Broadhead. Welcome back to Inside Cajun Nation, everyone. George Faust, thanks so much for staying up and enjoying uh, just a look at Cajun athletics. And we are honored and pleased to have the UL women's head basketball coach, Gary Broadhead, with us. And, Coach, thanks so much again for joining us here on the show. Oh, thank you. You know, I love being on. So uh, <laughs> it's exciting uh, at this time of the year to be able to come on and talk about our team and the progress we're making. And you talk about your team. You started practice this week. So uh, basketball kind of getting ramping up a little bit. Talk about uh, this first week of practice that you've kind of had and, and I guess it kind of dust knock off a little bit of the rust. Yeah, you know, I think we're blessed, though. You know, we get to come during the summer. We get eight weeks during the summer. So we got all the freshmen and all newcomers coming in. So we did really well the eight weeks. And then when you come back to school in August, you know, you got eight hours a week. So we've gone through that. Now we're going to our 20-hour week. And this week's been really good, you know. I tell you what, it's a different team. These kids want to be in the gym, you know, and excited about the culture that we built. You know, we, we just finished our 10th year. So, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to continue to build the culture and stuff. And, and I think, uh, you know, we talk about player-led team. That's what I feel the last, you know, this week especially, you know, you kind of see that the seniors are leading us. You know, they, they're, they're ready to go. They know what it takes and all that. So it's been a good week, you know, a lot of defense like normal. <laughs> right. uh, we're working on building that. And then, uh, you know, Coach Deacon Jones is going to run our offense this year. So, you know, I, I kind of treat it a little different. A lot like football, offense is a defensive coordinator. And, uh, we got a new coach uh, in, uh, Coach Sanders, uh, Adrian Sanders, is coming from California. And she's, uh, she's really good, you know. So we got a lot of good things, a lot of new things. And to me, new is exciting. A little bit of change, but really good. When you were looking for an assistant coach, because uh, you had a you had a, a a lot of turnover, not not necessarily a bad thing, but you had a lot of changes over the off season. You introduced Casey Cryer as the chief of staff, and then you talk about Coach Sanders. And, and uh, so, when you go look for uh, somebody to join your staff, do they have to have your mindset per se, or do you want somebody with a little bit different look at things so that y'all can kind of yin and yang? You know, when I first started, I always looked at the same, and I noticed that, man, you don't want another Gary Broadhead on, <laughs> on staff. You know, it's too much. You know, he's, he needs a little bit of organization, and that's one of the things. Yeah, something different. You know, a lot of times, uh, 
you know, whether they're defensive-minded or offensive-minded, what do they bring to the table, you know? And in recruiting, you know, Coach Sanders, our recruiting coordinator, I thought she brought a lot of what I believe in uh, to the recruiting part, but then the defensive stuff, same thing. So we match up a lot alike, and I'm, I'm liking that. But me and Coach Deacon are different in, 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 in different ways. So it's, it's kind of good to have somebody different. Uh, I like they really, really involved in every aspect of what we do. So uh, I think that's a good thing, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of, kind of have that, the, 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 the opposite of what you think. So that nobody's already always saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. that's. And then you don't have any uh, diversity, so to speak. Uh, you start up your schedule. Uh, you released it a couple weeks ago, or whatever, and uh, November second, say a. a uh, a uh, uh, exhibition an exhibition game uh, with Spring Hill, right? Yeah, Spring and, Hill. And then uh, then things get rolling, right? You know, <laughs> you have one exhibition game, and then then you're kind of hitting the ground running. Yeah, there's no doubt. You know, we got Houston coming in on the seventh, and then we right after that we go to University of Texas, which is going to be a fun trip. And then we got invited to postseason uh, WNIT uh, preseason uh, WNIT, and we'll go and play Colorado and Jackson State in Lubbock. And then we got Texas Tech coming back to us in occasion on, on the 20th, uh, November 20th. So it's going to be exciting to start. You know, we got a, a couple of SEC and Auburn coming uh, into play. So it's going to be a tough schedule, you know. I yeah. think uh, it'll be ready because, you know, we add these new teams into right. the conference. So that's going to be uh, interesting to see because they don't know us and we don't know them uh, to kind of get a feel for how the conference is going to go. Yeah, I have that written down here. I was wondering a little bit about that. When you add a con add teams that come into the conference that kind of elevate, you see it in football right now as well. I mean, the Sunbelt has elevated itself to the premier group of five uh, conference. Uh, not only in football, though, is baseball is going to be the same thing. Is that how it's going to be in basketball and women's basketball it's as well? It's going to be, man. Dominion was in the top 100 <laughs> of uh, RPI. And, you know, you got James Madison, man, for, for a number of years. They've been really, really good on the women's side. So, you know, you add some teams. And, you know, you, you look at uh, our conference, pretty much the same coaches that were in our conference have stayed. And so you know what they're going to do. You know, when you got ready to play Little Rock or UTA or Arkansas State, it's pretty much the same coaches that have been there for 10 years, you know. So you know their offense, you know their defense. So it was pretty easy to kind of figure out what they were going to do. Now we have four new teams that we know nothing about. Uh, so it'll be a little bit tougher, you know, to, to, and, and how they're going to play that East Coast basketball is something different for us, like App State and, and Coastal was a little different. Now you're going into the Virginia area and stuff like that. So. I think we're going to see something different. And we got Southern Miss down that right. we've played before, very athletic. And, you know, Joy's done a great job there, too. So it's going to be some work, you know. And I like the fact that we got some young coaches in uh, this year that are really, really apt to, you know, we'll be watching a lot of film and, and, and try to break all that stuff down. When you look at uh, the, the teams that you, you play, you, you've decided to play kind of big teams, uh, not that – you wouldn't play them, not that you're scared to play them or anything like that, but, you know, the Texas Tech, the Texas, the Auburn. Uh, what does that do for your team in preparation for this new Sunbelt Conference? You know, I hear a lot of people say recruiting is the most important thing in, in, in college uh, basketball for the women and stuff, and I agree with that. It's very important. But the second most important thing is scheduling. When you schedule, you schedule for that team. You know, I think we're a little bit more experienced. Uh, in the fact that we're a little bit older team, even though we have some returners that didn't put a lot of playing time because they were hurt. I think you try to schedule those tough games to kind of get them to where 
get them prepared for conference. And that's what, what our, our mindset was. You know, we did that a couple of years ago and we had a lot of injuries and it didn't work out so good. And then, you know, like last year, we, you know, we, we kind of ramped up the schedule a little bit knowing that we would have a, a pretty good team coming back with Ty Doucette and Brandy Williams. And then Brandy Williams gets hurt in the third game. So, you know, you kind of, but you, you always scheduling according to your team. And I think we needed a tough, a tough schedule to, for this team to see if we could challenge them before the conference. Absolutely. Coach, don't go anywhere. We're coming back with you. We're going to talk. You mentioned Brandy Williams. We'll talk a little bit about who's on this team and uh, what, what can fans look for when they come out and watch Raging Cajun women's basketball. Don't go away. Coach is sticking with us, and we'll be right back in 90 seconds right here on Inside Cajun Nation. Welcome back to Inside Cajun Nation. Still joined by the head women's basketball coach at the University of Louisiana, Gary Broadhead. Coach, thanks so much for sticking around and chatting with us. Uh, always a pleasure to, to discuss college basketball with you, whether it's women's, little kids, <laughs> whatever it is. Whatever. It's, always, it's always exciting to, to, to feel your passion for the sports you coach. Where did that come from? I mean, why, why are you so passionate? I was about blessed, man, in a, in a south part of Lafayette in Milton area. That's kind of where we kind of grew up. And uh, we were trying to start a bitty program uh, in that area. And uh, they got it going. A couple of guys had got it going. And me and my brother-in-law uh, were young. I, I think I was 17 at the time. I was getting ready to go to UL, run track. And they asked us to coach a little team. And we went out there, and it was just boys, you know. So after the first year, I mean, it was good. And then next year, there was a couple of girls that wanted to play. And uh, I told them, I, you know, I says, I'll take them. You know, they had like 10 of them. So we made a team of girls playing against the guys. And just going, I love, I'm, 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 a, I'm a practice coach. I love to practice. And uh, we would go to practice. And, man, they were like sponges, these little girls. Them nine, 10-year-old girls. And, you know, we were teaching them just basic stuff. And it was like. And some of them would come in and they wouldn't look at you when you would talk to them. They were shy and all that. Not a lot of self-confidence. And then all of a sudden you teach them how to dribble a ball and they're looking at you and you can see the confidence like, whoa. I'd never really seen that much in the boys because the boys were already confident. And I'm like, man, this is something that when we could create not just good basketball but great leaders and better students and better by, by this sport, you know, no, it really doesn't make the sport. It's right, not, right. It's just the coaching and, and the confidence that you built in them. And it's like at 17, I saw that and I'm like, dang, this is something that I re really like to do. But I was always talked away from it. You know, it's like, man, you can't make no money teaching. You can't make no money coaching. But it was always my passion. And so, you know, I was just kind of blessed. Uh, Danny Broussard was one of the, you know, one of the guys that really kind of talked me into getting into the coaching to get coaching senior, I'm like a lot of y'all know, I'll farm for a yeah. while and I get to coach during the winter. I so. didn't know that until last yeah. year sometime. Yeah. And so I had a big cucumber farm, so it's crazy. <laughs> phenomenal, you know, and, man. You know, a thousand acres and, you know, just kind of did all of that, but was able to coach and, you know, just blessed to be where I'm at. Never, never thought about getting into college, thought about, you know, always the bitty and high school level and, yeah. It's just been great, you know, to, well, be, out, to be at home. You know? Yeah, one of my one of my favorite coaches was a guy that coached me when I was seven, eight, nine, ten, and uh, his name was Ray Bernie, and uh, he coached at our playground, Johnny Bright, and man, I played bitty basketball. So I, and then he got he, when I was fifteen, he's like, "You're old enough, you can coach the nine and ten year olds." Yeah. So I coached girls nine and ten basketball awesome. uh and in 11 and 12s when i got a little older and it, it, it's it's you're right though the the girls seem to focus more and, and they they 
I don't know if they listened better or maybe I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was there. There was a different aspect to coaching boys than it is to coaching girls and their response to to instruction. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no so, doubt. Uh, anyway, speaking of that, uh, the state of women's basketball seems to be pretty good, right? I mean, is, where would you say uh, women's athletics with regards to basketball is at this point? You know, I think, uh, you know, if you look at the NBA and, you know, some of the people that I'm talking to that are in the NBA is like they're going back to grassroots foundation and they're going back to the bitty and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm hoping our area, we're very blessed to have a pretty good bitty program. But I think that's what we need. You know, we need to continue to focus on the young to get more people into the sport, you know. And I think that's what they're trying to do at the, the higher level. You know, I know WNBA became a big thing for, for women's basketball. Like, everybody's focused on, you know, the top level. And I, I'm, I'm different, you know. I think we got to start uh, at the younger level and, and try to focus on maybe, you know, they may not become players at the college level, but they might become managers, coaches, most important fans, you know, so we need fans, you know, and I think it's in each region, you know, you look at the East Coast with Dawn Staley's done 17,000 people at a game, you right. know, and here in the South, you know, Kim Mulkey's coming in, you know, she's getting seven or eight, you know, getting, she's kind of getting it going, you know, so each, each area is, you know, kind of each, there's different sports that for the women that are, are kind of pushed, you know, we're in a, you know, baseball, softball region, you know, right, right. so that's a big thing. So how do we get people interested in, in women's basketball here, you know, and it's been a challenge, you know, but I think we got to keep on and, you know, you got to win and then you got to be out in the community and you got to, and my kids are awesome. You know, my players are just do such a great job and we do such a great job at the university of getting out in the community and stuff like that. And I think that's going to be one of the ways, you know, and then, you know, we got to get into that NCAA tournament, get more people excited. Yeah, it, it is definitely when you get to that tournament, man, the ears perk up, right? And, it does. And I was like, oh, I, I, I like that statement. Yeah, yeah. Perk it, up. It's true. Uh, look, you talked about some of the players on your team. Uh, one of the ones that I think a lot of people, maybe you could market a little bit, is Brandy Williams. And just she she got hurt a year ago, right? And, and so didn't get to play uh, as much as you had hoped to, to kind of help the team. But she's back and better than ever back and better than ever like she came back this summer really really healthy i, I thought our athletic uh, trainers did a great job of picking their time with her and uh when she came back she looked like she was ready to go man and uh she could shoot the ball i know when she finished uh, she only played a few games last year but she was shooting 62 percent from the three which is unheard of right and so she can shoot it i see it every day i I, I tell you what, I'm probably more confident in her than she's confident in her because she could shoot it, you know. And that, so the game plan is to try to get her the ball a lot and stuff. But she's ready to go. Defensively, she's good. She can rebound. She's got a complete game, you know. Yeah. And the fifth year like that, when you have that much experience, I think she's going to help everybody around her. And, and what, she's not a senior, but she's definitely a player that is key for you guys. Is that's Destiny Rice? Yeah, Destiny Rice is. Uh, you know, I've coached a lot of great point guards over the years, from Biddy all the way to high school and. You know, Division One players and stuff, and I, I, I want to put her at the top of the list, man. As a point guard, she's a what they call a true point guard. I mean, she can she can score now, but she's not worried about scoring. She's worried about running the offense, getting everybody involved, and the Brandy Williams involved, and you know, Lene Wheaton involved, all those kind of kids that can really score too. So. She brings that, you know, and, and then the leadership qualities that she brings to is, 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 is phenomenal. And, you know, that's what we've been doing the last four years, actually, that we've had some pretty good years. We're player-led, you know. When you're player-led, everybody's listening to one another. And I think that's a big thing is we've got great leadership. 
Coach, thanks so much for your time. Really do appreciate you stopping by. Thank you, man, and go Cajuns. All right, man. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Inside Cajun Nation. We hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time right here on Inside Cajun Nation.